welcome all to this ancestral episode of the Grey Horde Pagans podcast. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and let us take you back to past lives. Welcome to the Grey Horde Pagans podcast. And uh, we are live once more, once again, on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Welcome, welcome all. Uh, today, my guest is Nikki Ojeda. Ojeda, yeah. Ojeda, yes. You may know her from Terror with Tatiara. <laughs> so, Nikki, introduce yourself to the, to the people around well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm very happy to be here and have the chance to talk about things that matter to me. So um, I've been a tarot and past life reader for 35 years. Um, you know, I seek to help people get in touch with their magic, especially when they feel like there's just more to life and they want to bring that part of them online, as it were. And we do that um, through the past life uh, readings, especially when people have patterns they can't quite discern the source. We go in and we go deep, and I'm interested in the subconscious and magic and all of that. Awesome, sounds amazing. Like I have had uh, tarot readings done before, but never past life readings. Um, although I am, of course, always very curious about like past lives and if I, you know, have lived any past lives. So. How does a past life reading work? How do you find out someone past life? Okay, so first of all, I would like to differentiate between a past life reading and a past life regression. So okay. during a past life regression, you are guided into the you know, hypnotic or trance state and led through life. Ideally, you get a reading after. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm the one who goes in. I go deep and I relay the information to the querent that is the one asking the questions. And um, I uh, set the intention that the life that is most relevant will come forward. The life that contains the patterns that are ready to be released are just kind of going on autopilot like a broken record. And how I do that is, um, well, first of all, I do not want to know what they are interested in knowing about at first. It gives me my pure message. And I do use tarot cards. I draw three to my doorway in. The filtering down of the infinite amount of energy to focus in on the correct life. And um, I am psychic. Not all readers are. And I tune into that person's energy. And um, how I do it, I guess it's a mystery to me. But that does lead to a little story that I could tell about how I got the name Tatiara. And it leads to the energy that I tap into to discern the person's past life. Um, so I was digging for quartz crystals in Arkansas, and I dug what's called a record keeper crystal. And what that is, is it has a little 3D raised triangle on one of the facets, which is supposed to contain the Akashic records or all the records or whatever. And <clears throat> I was it had such an interesting tilted flat facet that I just held it up to my third eye. It was like it was a unicorn horn. I was immediately <laughs> like transported somewhere, and a voice said, you are Tatiara. And I was like, okay, that sounds too good not to. And it was just such a mystical feeling. And um, I had to claim the archetype of a mystic for myself. And that's been a personal journey because healthy skepticism is, you know, it's good. You know? Yeah. Who are you going to be giving passport readings? Well, that's a situation that you have to, you know, discuss with yourself before moving forward with such a thing. Yeah. So I think I do tap into the Akashic records, but some people do it intentionally, but I 
don't see anything regarding that per se. I just think that that channel's open. Okay. So um, do people, from what you have experienced, from what you have learned, uh, do we live multiple lives or do some people have just one life or like people who are brand new, so to speak? I've never seen that. I have never seen that. I've always been able to tap into something for someone. And, you know, it might be true to say that perhaps we are all living all these lives. I don't really know, but I do know that it is always um, helpful. It's always relevant. We always get something from it. And I've yet to not tap into anything to experience. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be a thing. Um, like what, what is some of the, um, if you can, disclose it of course uh what are some of the more crazy experiences you had like people who like have just lived so many past lives that it's almost so one of my mentors you know because i've had a lot of training you seem to be muted or was that that might have just been me you hear me now yeah okay okay so yeah, one sorry that might just might have been me go on okay as, uh, as long as it's still Audible. So one of my mentors, so I've had a lot of training to hone down these abilities. And this person just seems to have been, I'm so lucky and grateful to have been able to have a person who I just feel like had so many lives and so much wisdom, yet so very humble to help me, um, you know, channel my proclivities into a, an ability and to learn how to trust that. Okay. And um you know, so yeah, that, that, that's one person who had a lot of lives and there's been so many interesting stories. And I had my first past life memory when I was five years old. It was when King Tut was on the cover of National Geographic and I was in the dentist office with my mom and I was flipping through it, crying about how broken everything was. And I just knew I'd been in Egypt and that was my first one. And there were several others. So I, I just feel like, you know, there's been miraculous ones and then not so miraculous ones, but it's always interesting the psychological or depth psychological and spiritual influences that we can carry forward, you know, it's fascinating, very mythic. Yeah, that, that it really is. So, um, you have a deep connection with ancient Egypt or like with the, the very old Egypt. That's pretty awesome actually, because that's where, uh, like a lot of the mystic schools, uh, come from. That's where a lot of the, uh, the more mystical teachings originate from. So maybe that like has like still passed down over the over the lives. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's definitely true. But it's not the only one that has a strong influence on me. But that's definitely um, such a big part of it. Even though I might not intellectually grasp exactly how, it's just pure raw energetics. So, what other times or time periods do you have a strong connection with? Um. I know that I was some sort of monk on a mountain, um, and my son now was my son then as well, and it was just a very peaceful and contemplative type of life. And then I had another one where um, I had a collect collective past life memory with like five of my friends. We were having like a drum circle and a potluck, and it just came to be where we were all, it was a, at a time of war, and it felt like some sort of Celtic looking thing, but I'm not quite sure. And we were put in a cave with a rock covered over us, and we all died like that. It's pretty gruesome. So at this oh. point, you have to, I've had to become like a trauma-informed counselor to help work <laughs> people, you know, because lots of times it, the way that you died can sort of um, influence these unnamed fears that you have, stuff like that, you know. And um, But I always tell them, it's not going to happen like that again. That's why it's coming forward. It's something to fear. You just have to feel it in order to let some of that 
loose energy. I mean, stuck energy loose. Yeah. Oh, that is, that's fascinating. That's, that's really kind of creepy too, to like have been told how you, how you died, how you, how you passed away in a, a previous life. I yeah. Imagine that kind of being, being scarring, you know, it's just. Yeah. And it's, it's also very sacred because we have a tendency to downplay the dark sides of a cycle. You know, it's, it's natural to mm. avoid death, but, um, <laughs> lots of times this death and transformation is really just like um, what we have to go through to get to a next, to another level. And, um, sometimes we can do that in this life. And one of the ways to do that is to look at old stuck energy from old traumas. Sometimes, you know, when I'm doing tarot, current traumas come through as well. And um, it's so I offer personalized archetypal embodiment workshops as well. And I hold them not personalized where we tap into certain mythic energies, but sometimes named divine archetypes, you know, um, like I just, I'm doing one with Persephone and Hecate where we navigate our personal underworld. So admittedly, you know, I'm not, um, though I'm a light worker, I'm not one to avoid the shadow because you need them both. That's where our strengths lie. And a lot of spiritual practices, many that I've been involved in and still am, and they're wonderful. They can only go so far if your spirituality is strictly up and out. You're eventually going to have to go in and down and weave the heights and depths. And that's what I help people do. It's sort of like a shamanic journey, like a moving meditational shamanic journey. And we, we go in and, you know, help move some of that energy that came forth. And it's really as experiential and beyond words, but it provides a personal gnosis for them to work with and sort of, you know, chip away at some of these things. They do take time, like a path. Yeah, that's interesting that you uh, that you mentioned Hecate. Like, this is the, I want to say, like, the third time in, like, a pretty short time span, actually, that at least on the on the podcast, Hecate is named as someone who is uh, who's worked with or who is, you know, being, uh, being guided. So fascinating yes. that she keeps popping up more and more. And I've noticed that as well. And also with, with, with people that I work with, it's almost like, well, she's older than the Olympians. She was like basically grafted onto, I mean, she's just so old. And I work with her in the con, in her, um, aspect of Anima Mundi. And that is the world soul. And a lot of us are missing soul and everything we had to go through with lockdown and all that crap. I don't, uh, a lot of us were face to face with ourselves and she can help us navigate those dark, unknown scary um times and i think that's why a lot of people are starting to resonate with what i've seen yeah that that might just be it like i i do know and have seen that with uh, the whole you know lockdown covid stuff um one of the results uh was a or still is a uh, a major spiritual revival a uh, a pagan revival i like to call it um because you know as the saying goes you don't know what you missed till it's gone like you don't know what you have till it's gone and being locked inside your own house like first it's you know it's voluntary because you know everyone's had their lazy days when they don't get out of the house you know you order uber eats you put on like a couple of videos or a video game and you just don't leave your house at all that's perfectly fine but to be forced to stay indoors for days weeks months on end at a certain point as you as you mentioned, you know, that kind of inner darkness does come forward because you are left alone with yourself and with your thoughts and your reflections, which can be quite, um, quite scary to, uh, to discover part of yourselves that, that you didn't know you have. Right. And, you know, it's 
I I made it my intention to turn that into a gift <laughs> to the best of my ability. And I never realized just how numb that I was and I considered myself open, but it was still, I was like overworked with my other job that I still had. And to lose, that was such a gift. <laughs> and uh, it didn't feel like it the whole time, but just to face that anxiety and, and see, you know, how much of this is like we, as, a, as many societies, just tend to numb out. We don't feel everything. And so we're uncomfortable with feeling everything. And I feel like if you just allow the feelings, just allow them, you can welcome them, for the, you know, to see, is there a message here? Is there an energy shift that I can do? And not to say that it's always good immediately after, but just having that intention of, you know, maybe getting the message of what the feeling is trying to tell you, that fear and anxiety aren't such an enemy. But, you know, there are gradations. Um, just the fact of being able to tap into a certain meaning. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm introverted. I'm studious. I don't mind being indoors. I like to go outside, too. But, um, you know, I, I read a certain quote that a lot of people's problems stem from the fact that they can't sit in a room alone by themselves. I forget who that quote was. That really, that was really his show. But I think it was an opportunity for many of us to grow. Yeah, definitely. And with the... Uh, the concept of past lives, you, of course, immediately think about um, reincarnation. So in, in your experience, uh, in your, you know, the teachings that you, uh, that you give and that you have learned, this reincarnation, is it like a gradual process or is it instantaneously? Because there are theories that, um, that when you pass that the lights that you see is like you being uh being born to someone else you know that's that that is like the new you being born from another mother's womb that's interesting and first of all i will say that some things have to remain a mystery and that you know sacred that it is a mystery however i also keep in mind that wherever that is is beyond our space time uh concept and I've often wondered myself, do we even reincarnate linearly or can we reincarnate to another time period or another planet? And it seems likely, but the way I view it is we are all spirit experiencing itself. This is some collective consciousness that permeates everything. Um, I, I don't claim to actually know. I just hope to be a channel for something that helps the collective. Um, but it does sort of seem as though we have other experiences that aren't in this world. It could be between lives, but it's, um, I really only have my own personal experiences to go on there. And we all have to have that personal gnosis of what feels right to us spiritually. And it's such a mystery that I can't claim to answer that question. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what are your, um, your thoughts on, uh, like, for example, the Buddhist concept of nirvana, that we are able to um, escape this physical mortal toil, that we can rise above the, uh, the reincarnation, that that, that, that is um, the suffering, somehow having to live a physical life over and over again. So there are good points and bad points to that. And a lot of my work is bringing the sacred right into this world and not viewing the body as bad, the lower chakras as bad, and the earth as bad, because frankly, it's a, it's a denial of the divine feminine. Um, beyond gender and all that, you know, we're thinking the depth, matter, you know, the matrix of all being. Um, we choose to be here 
And I don't view each life as some sort of purifying your soul because it leads to that purity trap. And it's almost like that. Um, there's a toxicity in like, oh, I have to escape this horrible world. And not to say that there's not any truth or wisdom in it, but um, I don't view it as, oh, one day I'll be good enough. I find that toxic. And I find that toxic thread in a lot of spiritual practice. You know? I mean, I have a lot of church trauma from toxic Christian uh, indoctrination. So I'm very aware of it. And I also see it in lots of you know spiritual practices. Although I do... Um, use Buddhism and Zen in my own personal practice. It's more like what I call my masculine practices. But again, not, we're all masculine and feminine. It's not merely yeah. heights or depths. And I like to yeah. weave together. And I don't uh, espouse calling the earth evil, even indirectly, you know. Um, but it does contain what it contains. And whether there's collective karma, we all have to work out. Um, I'm sure we do. But it's not part of my philosophy that someday you'll be good enough. Someday you'll be good enough to be not coming back here. I just don't see it that way. I see it that we come here almost like to, uh, we do have to like, like a straightening the sword by fire. We are honing ourselves, sure. But we are gathering up these um, experiences that I feel there's just the great all, the evolution of the great all. A lot of this that I, is really beyond words than trying to put into being. But I, I find that whole, you know, the karmic thing in its most toxic way, it doesn't really help, actually. It reinforces that shame. Like, we're already a shame-based culture all over the world. That's got to go. It's, it's, you know, we're discouraged from owning our power, frankly. And the more we own our inner power and all of that, the more of these hidden gifts will come online. And it will help the collective further and further. So, um, like... For example, I have the North Node in Aquarius, so my like mission is uh, aligned to the next wave. It's like aligned to future generations. So I've kind of like had this, I'll be the weird one and pave the way in some ways. <laughs> you know, and I feel like we all have that special, beautiful weirdness uh, that we need to let bloom or blossom. And a lot of these other practices sort of like, oh, duh, 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 everybody got to be the same. I cannot get behind that. We are all supposed to be, you know, yet it's it's paradoxical because we're all one beautiful collective, but we're all supposed to shine individually. So, like yeah. fast, <laughs> like facets of a uh, of a diamond. You know, we are all that great diamond. Just everyone has a different facets <laughs> of it. We all shine in our our own way. Exactly, and I I find that sacred, and that's like part of my work is to help people get in touch with theirs. You know, that's. Definitely uh, some work that is very much needed right now in these uh, these troubling times. And we're all a work in progress, every all of us. <laughs> yeah, <true>. yeah. <laughs> so, some a little a little more than others, perhaps. But um, yeah. no, I, I think you're you're right that the uh, the need to escape this this physical realm um, it can get obsessive. Mm -hmm. it, uh, I've I've noticed that that too myself. That's um, oh, I I have tried different things. I have uh, like experimented with spirituality and all, and just the uh, constant thoughts, the constant need of being able to act pure and think pure and all of that because otherwise you're creating bad karma or collecting bad karma which you know will cause you to have to learn these lessons again in the, in the next life it's, yeah. it's really it's it's the same with 
um, Christianity, of course, mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot of uh, a lot of new pagans, a lot of neo pagans, they come from a uh, a Christian background, which sometimes can be a little troubling um, because yeah. they they take that trauma and that burden with them. But where tribes like the like the Grand pagans are for to help help guide them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my parents were raised Catholic or Roman Catholic, so of course I tried that thing for a bit. But it was just the the constant uh, having to watch what I do, having to watch what I say, having to you know to keep my mind here because otherwise, you know, all the time for all eternity, it was so it was just so stressful. It was such a heavy burden that I truly believe that it prevents you from living. God, yes, <laughs> that's resonating, brother. <laughs> So I feel for that. I feel that so hard because you're never good enough. And that fosters this perfection mentality. And, you know, I went through that myself. Like you said, it's problematic. You know, I mean, I'm 51 and a half now. I've had, I've had some journey. You know, I did this whole perfection and perfectionism thing. It's really that spiritual bypassing. It's like, oh, I can magic or yoga the trauma away. It can help. <laughs> still got to get in there and accept that you're never this whole underlying you're not quite good enough or you're born flawed it's really problematic you know and it shows in how we treat the earth how we treat you know anything it's like this uh, delineation that doesn't serve to be there and um you know it gets in the way of making life sacred sexuality sacred it's important you know because that's a such a source of power you know and like Sex magic. Ooh, who's freaking out when I say sex magic? Spirituality and sex mixed together. Can you handle it? Ask yourself, you know, because it's, are we going to own that we have that spirit within ourselves? And, you know, how are you using it? Are you honoring it? Are you making life sacred? You know, which isn't to say that there isn't wisdom in these other traditions because there there are, but we eventually have to own and take care of where we are now and it's like sacred isness. Sacred isness. You know, we don't always have to try to become something else. We don't always have to try to prove ourselves or fix something. You know, just play with that idea and see, you know, where it, it takes you, I would advise. Yeah. Now, there are definitely um, a whole range of uh, powerful kinds of magic, but they're all tools to, um, to help you, to help you progress and help you to understand things and i can i can definitely see how i have the echo i got a lot of sound issues of some i don't know what's up sorry if it's me i sometimes i mess up technology with my energy just being real no, i don't, I don't <laughs> that's that's it uh, let's see it's weird i never have these these issues oh well, i'll make it uh I'll make it through them. Um, I took us on quite a tangent there, but yeah, we were talking about, you know, just those philosophies that we're born with, usually religion related. Sometimes they seem to cut off the spiritual experience, frankly. It's like, oh, here, you you think about the spiritual experience that someone had 2,000 years ago. Don't have your own. It's not valid. And I can't speak more about us having our own, you know, spirit. spirit. It's like know thyself. That's what it is, you know, know thyself. Truly, not the conditions. It's a life. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, it's funny that you 
speak about speak of like um the kind of spiritual practice from like so many thousands of years ago because that's one of the questions that um on the the podcast and with the tribe as a whole and aligned tribes and friendly podcasters and all like we we kind of try to answer like okay we know how our ancestors practice and we really want to do the same thing like we we believe in like in the same gods or in the same process or whatever but how do we translate that to the modern world like for example i i wish i could just you know live somewhere in in the country on a farm self-sustainable and whatever but you know Instead of that, I live in this, uh, this cement, concrete mm-hmm. box, really. So what's, what's your opinion on that? Like, is, is there a way that we can like implement our ancestral magic or do we just have to completely reinvent it? That's so great because this comes up for me too, because I do these archetypal embodiment workshops and we call on very old energies and, um, I, I'm the kind of person who I will work with different pantheons because I feel it's all woven. And if they want me, I want them, just quite frankly. And um, our consciousness is always evolving. So we do have to weave in like the modern sensibilities. And it's not any less valid if we don't know exactly how something was done. Though I want to do it that way too. But it's all about how much of ourself are we willing to be open to what these energies have to say. Let them... I let them take over. Like when I'm giving a workshop, I have an outline of whatever and the energies come in and they do everything. You know, it's, it's doing it on me as much as it is on my client. And um, so the, the way I look at it is we take as many ancient practices that resonate as possible. Mm-hmm. We have to weave them in with the sacred now, our knowledge now, the things that resonate now, because there's no going back to the past. You're just um, in that sense of, you know, it might not serve to uh, do practices that just no longer really resonate with us, you know, and we're looking at what do these same energies, they want to be as relevant now as they were then. So what do they have to say to us now? You know, it's, again, it's a spiritual inquiry that's, um, it takes some time to feel into, but the fact is that our consciousness isn't the same as it was back then when we were doing our other ancestors' practice. Now, one more thing. (laughs) I have a little practice that I do to get, um, information from the past as well. And it's so in martial arts, you have this um, area called the Dantian. It's about two inches below your navel and it's a power center. And um, I like to tap that area and put my hands on it there when I'm meditating. And that is where ancestor um, ancestral wisdom is carried in our bodies. So we can tap into that. Um, that's a, I can't tell you in, in, how, in so many words how to do it, but breathing and making sound from that area when you're in tune with these spirits it can bring up certain practices um, <laughs> um, that's kind of out there. But, you know, it's like, we'll say, oh, I need mugwort or I, I need bay leaves. It's like, okay, so I just do what it says. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that's really out there and weird, but um, I own it. Oh. Like I said, I, I don't mind being the weird one because they're useful practices. Having these energy tell us how they can help us. That's really what it is. Oh. Very elaborate answer, but yeah, no, that's, that's, there's there's definitely something uh, something to it. And um, you know, like speaking of martial arts and the, the Eastern practices, do you feel like that there is too big of a focus on the Eastern spirituality, and that because of that we 
tend to forget that uh, in, especially here in Europe, of course, we have our own gods, we have our own um, our own spirituality. Because everyone always looks at like India and Nepal, you know, the whole Buddhism, Hinduism, and like, oh, that's so amazing and so beautiful and so legit. Like, we need to do that too, but. We have our own gods. We have our own mm-hmm. own spirit. Yes. So um, I've been doing yoga since I was like 21, and I and I do it. But it, for me, it's a tool to enhance my other spirituality. Because um, that's just an example. Yoga it, it does unite body, mind, and spirit. But I'm not particularly Hindu focused when I'm doing it. It's just more like this is something where I can. Because embodiment is a big part of what I think can often be missed. You know, and how that. Whether you sing, chant, hum, or just be in your body, so we're always in our heads. So that's how that has been useful for me. And then there are other practices that are Eastern that are also way up in your head. So I feel like anything you can do to reclaim what really resonates for you. Um, there are certain <clears throat> things that are definitely almost like ancestral DNA that are, are where we're going to resonate with things that you know our forebears did. But you got to keep in mind there was. Um, Indigenous practices, and I don't mean indigenous necessarily like, um, you know, Native Americans or, um, you know, Mongolians or whatever. I'm talking about indigenous pagans everywhere. They had their practices wiped out in one way or another. So that is a reclaiming that needs to happen. And it's a personal thing. It has to be personal because I know some of the things that I relate to are very much um, ancestral. Like, but I have strange ancestry. Like we've got like Sweden and Flemish and German and mostly Irish and probably others. But um, I very much resonate with the Greek gods, you know, for example. So it's like there's something that's going to have a commonality with what resonates with you. And if someone says I'm strictly related to Indian stuff, I I can respect that, you know, because maybe they had many lives there. But I would still say, you know, maybe just to have an exploration of what's, you know, could be more appropriate for your spirit or your soul, you know, and definitely reclaiming pagan practices is going to be so empowering because it's, I don't even know what the word is. It's just um, something that, well, you know, I call Christianity like a huge cultural appropriation. You know, it's like if people are going to get mad at me with cultural appropriation, a little too much, frankly. I'm all about taking care of people and respecting them and stuff but if a spirit calls to me like i said i'm i'm gonna listen i'm not gonna worry about whether that's my ancestor you know not to say that there aren't harmful uses of that that's not what i'm talking about i'm just saying being open being open and and realizing that you know people's indigenous practices are very valuable and so many of them have been eradicated so that might say hey the witch burnings might be why people are turning to these just something to think Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy.
So that like fear of maybe being persecuted again, like that, that ancestral trauma that has been passed down, maybe that, that that's preventing them from connecting to their, their true heritage, even though that may be a bit of a, a vague terminology. Absolutely. It's in our bones. It's in our physicality. It's in our DNA that that's what can happen to you. And so I've done these other work workshops where we're healing the witch wound, you know, because to live that truth, you do kind of have to stand up with your head out. You kind of do have to have that courage and that bravery to live from that authenticity and be a sacred warrior. And I'm not talking about being a rebel just to be a angry, pissed off nonconformist or this happened to me and I'm angry about it. Regardless of how valid and righteous that may be, in the end, you cannot have your anger fueling. It doesn't work. It drains your vital forces. What are you a sacred warrior for? What's this thing up here in your true north that is like your future self guiding you? And I try to get people in touch with that. And in a certain way, it's like above and beyond all traditions. Because in the end, you have to have your own nose. You know, it can come through these different inspirations and different guidance. You still have to have your own gnosis of it. If you're just like, you know, an, an, an armchair pagan, that I love reading and that's all part of it. You still have <laughs> to have your experience for it to really, um, you know, be in touch with the sacred. So. Yeah, I think that's that's really a good one. Like so many people, you know, I, I'm very much, uh, very much a pagan. You call myself, a, you know, a heathen all the time. So I, you know, I carefully look at the, uh, the pagan circles and uh, especially on the internet because it's a lot easier to express yourself that way and everyone or just a whole lot of people are always so busy correcting each other on what is or isn't pagan that you know just the the true sense the true meaning of uh, of paganism of you know coming together as a community as a as a tribe as a as a clan whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, gets lost. And I think that uh, all the knowledge that we have gained over, you know, over the several hundred thousand years, um, it definitely helps. It can definitely help us. Um, but I also think that it's, uh, for a lot of people, that it's really dividing them because, you know, everyone always wants to, you know, be right and, you know, like, oh, no, that's that's not a credible source, and that's not a credible source. And it's like, okay, cool, but this this works for me. This resonates with me. You know, biggest example, um, which has basically become a, a cliche now, is that the uh, the Vekvizir is not really a Viking symbol, that it's more Icelandic stave magic from um, quite later on in uh, in the medieval period doesn't mean it's not legit doesn't mean it's not a powerful symbol doesn't mean that it's not still a very um or can be used with magic practices but everybody always jumps to oh that's not viking why are you doing that that's not viking you're so fake and you're this and you're that and he's like guys that's that's okay we know it's not viking doesn't make it not legit Aww. No, isn't that sad? Bless our hearts. Our humans can be so misguided sometimes, you know, and it's just like I've kind of had to step back from sorts of community. It's like I'm, I have to cherry pick who I let in, you know, it's like I have to have those boundaries because a lot of people, they do things for the wrong reasons, you know, and they just want to be right, like you said. It, it is very sad, you know, because 
it's very hard to unify a group of people if you're not like in the trenches together. So you, know, you yeah. kind of have that shared experiences together. So, but the internet is beautiful and wonderful and it's helped me in so many ways, but it's like, you know, when people kind of hang out in real life and do your practices together, that'll, that actually cements things a little bit better, you know, because we can't argue about semantics about things like that because we're all separated from the past in many ways and in ways I wish we weren't in some you know, I don't, I don't romanticize the past, but if we could just take that wisdom forward without having to worry about, you know, like you said, people saying it's not, not legit. I've experienced that too. It's like, that's not, it's really not the point. No, it's not the point. It's like, is the spiritual connection legit? Is the spiritual experience, inspiration and guidance legit? Go with that, you know? Yeah. Like the, the energy that is attached to it, if that's real, if that's legit, then it doesn't matter when or where or by, by whom it's, how it's being used. And unfortunately, you see that a lot with, uh, with symbols, of course, that they get cooperated and misappropriated by certain, certain groups. Yes. And that's. Uh, one comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, a few, but one in particular, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, in itself is also very much a, a powerful ancestral symbol, you know, yeah. the four winds, if you, uh, if you connect the, um, uh, the tail, I believe of the, the big dipper, like if you take it four times for the, the four turns of the winds, you connect it to each other, you get that shape. So it's just like, just because yeah. some heinous things have been done, you know, under that banner doesn't make it a bad symbol and i think that as you said like so many people are stuck in the past or just not not able not not willing to let that go and and you know um you could take the origin of a symbol back further to get like its pure meaning like you know the four elements of the four quarters that is so ancient it's related to the cycles of life you know and at the same time you know i fully respect that a symbol gathers meaning as it goes it's true you know um, so we have to resonate with the ones that uh, have the meaning for us. And it isn't really for another person to say that, um, you know, if I want to use the pentagram or something, for example, you know, that it's got to mean something from the 80s satanic panic, like, oh, it's devil worship. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, I'm so tired of that, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not bitter about having my heavy metal posters ripped down off my wall. Wait, maybe I am. But anyway, you know, <laughs> so much more. And a lot of the things that mean something to us, they're just so big. So we have to actually discern and find the meanings, like the thread of, you know, what it is that we're getting to. And if, if we can find people to do that with us, it's so beautiful. But you still have to have your solitary, um, you know, communion with it. You know, in the end, we'll have to have that no matter what. And then hopefully we'll be able to have, you know, better um, tribal enjoyment, you know, use, health, spiritual connection, that would be really great more and more. I, I could see that happening. But right now we're in the arguing stage, we're in the fighting stage. Well, there is, yeah, yeah. I, it, it happens a lot. But at the, at the same time, uh, when I look at the um, the pagan community and a lot of the more uh, occult, mystic uh, communities, a lot of, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of uh, a lot of podcasters who like do uh, like talk about a lot about the uh, the occult and the mystic stuff. Um, one or well, two are even uh, former secret society members, um, and 
like somehow they like it's it's those people who are the most open-minded who are the the most accepting the most willing and the people who still have so much to learn are like okay you know what no this is this is this is bullshit this is not true this is all i don't know gaslighting or misinformation disinformation whatever term they want to throw out there or uh like oh first of all speaking of christians when they um when they tell me that my gods are just demons pretending to be gods because you know there is only the one god and whatever i can't stand that nope <laughs> like be wary of anything that says we're the one true way be wary of anything that suggests that everything <laughs> should be the same start with that you know yeah i mean that's you know that's really why i why i started my own type i've been looking for you know for groups for tribes for communities to um like who can help me grow but in the end they were all in it for themselves or you know they um they appointed one somebody to be um the head of the group and it immediately just went to his head yes you know it's like um you know i guess a, a revolving leadership construct would probably be the best that way everybody gets a chance to learn and grow and you know it's interesting you know the group dynamics that can come up it's almost like a, um, a little microcosm of like humanity in general it's like we have to learn to realize that um some there's so many paradoxes of both and out there instead of either or you know and if we can have more of a both and consciousness in more ways then we have a, a greater picture of reality, you know, as it is without our mental constructs in the way, not only of spirituality, but just in relating to each other. Yeah, and I, I often wonder, and I, I would love your opinion on this, but would the, um, like those groups who are so in it for themselves or who have, uh, like, one somebody at the top who is basically acting like a dictator, I mean, I, I've, I've, heard that story from a um one of our tribal members recently that he uh, that he left a group they called themselves a tribe but they were basically all there to um <laughs> make the tribal leader rich because like you can you could only be part of the um, of the tribe part of the group if you donated on his patreon um like would that be why so many people just prefer solo practice it could be and you know um it's it's one thing to be compensated for your time when you're giving out a lot of energy you know but um at the same time it can't be focused on on one person for in a certain way it has to be uh, mutual growth mutual learning teaching and it, it has to happen organically in a way you know it's like i'm not a traditional oriented I had to leave a tradition as well, simply because it ends up being limiting, and um, it can be helpful too. So it's like again, it's it's both and scenarios. You know, it's like just finding is the particular one being able to discern the energy behind it is like is this a, a mo something motivated by something good, or is it really just motivated by money? You can feel, you know, when you the more intuitive that you become, the more spiritual you become, you can just feel that, you know, whether someone's in it all their heart and soul to give but they need to be compensated for you know their time and effort in certain situations that's one thing you know but um yeah having one be getting rich and not letting people 
participate in a group setting without paying is, is interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It's so odd. Yeah, it is. Like I, 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 you know, heard that story and like his comments about it, and I, I know who he's, uh, who he's talking about. You know, it's a good, good content creator. Like his, his stuff is informative, and, um, well researched. But it's just the, the person behind the content who does it for following reasons, unfortunately. And you can feel that, really. You can. Yeah, but I, I just, I wonder, like, why, why would you do that? Is so, so many people are are coming to you to learn are coming to you for for guidance you know it's, i actually recently uh, a couple of days ago actually had a uh, very tricked christian on the podcast it was an interesting conversation um <laughs> and you know he said that um and it's true the the love for money is the root of all evil for you know for money people are willing to do the most heinous stuff unfortunately <laughs> And as someone who who has his own tribe and considers himself to be a tribal leader, I mean, yeah, compensation it's it's nice, but you know, as long as all are people who you know who watch this on you know on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, wherever I upload it or listen to it on one of umpteen uh, podcast platforms I'm on, and you know that's that's reward enough. I mean, I, I do I do this because I I love to do it, and just because I love I love talking to people and learning new things. And you know, I have learned so much more from the guests I have on my podcast than I did in like eighteen years of high school, which is eighteen years of school. Um, eighteen years of high school is pretty long, so just eighteen years of school. Um, and if other people find it interesting too, you know, great. If they want to subscribe awesome you know if they want to like subscribe on the audio platforms awesome but i'm not pushing anyone to do it so when i see others do it and like making good money of it as well on the one hand i'm like the money would be nice you know it, it would make for comfortable living but i would have to well, sell out basically and are too many people already who do that so but it's it's giving tribes and communities a bad name to do that i can feel that you know and it's it's all about what the what is the motivator because you know um there's nothing wrong with making money at it it's it's the energy behind you know there's nothing wrong with making a living at it and you know because money's energy and, um there has to be some sort of energy reciprocation so that a person isn't drained. That is fully true. But this this motivating star right here should not be a dollar sign, you know, because when you're on, um, like, it's almost like your path unfolds when you're more aligned. You don't have to sell out. Uh, the money will um, be attracted to you as a form of energy, you know, and so just staying true to this motivating star here, you know, it can bring you money. And so it shouldn't be blocked. However, it's uh, both and. I both can make a living and I, I'm offering what my soul wants, you know, to have this change with people. They benefit from it. I benefit from it. It becomes a beautiful rather than an ugly or evil thing. Yeah, but it's just so many people looking for looking for a shortcut, not not willing to put in the work and 
I mean, I guess that's, you know, also a sign of the, of the times that we're living in because, you know, life is just moving so incredibly fast, always moving from one thing to the next thing, but having the, the, the next two steps in mind already. Um, it's, it's, you know, like we said with the, um, the whole lockdown stuff, like nobody wants to be alone with their own thoughts or alone in you know, a room with just themselves because, you know, ooh, I might be confronted with things I don't want to, that I don't, I don't want to acknowledge knowledge. So I'm just going to keep moving and keep moving faster, hoping that, you know, whatever is, or whatever I feel is chasing me is not going to catch up to me. I feel like that feeds into the toxic hustle culture, you know, where, um, you know, everything you do must be monetized for goodness sake. You know, it's like you can't even bake sourdough bread without showing it to Instagram and then getting affiliate links and this and that. And, you know, so <laughs> again, you know, not trying to malign it, but just saying, yeah, it's um, go, go, go. Like always reaching out for it. You know, it's definitely um, a symptom of disconnection. It's simply it's a symptom of disconnection, not being able to sit by yourself and that constant, you know, validate me. Oh, oh, that's, I feel that's the worst of all, that so many people need that, that outside validation, because otherwise it doesn't count. And I mean, if you're, like, if you're some blonde bimbo Instagram model, then, you know, you're going to get that validation, but it's, it's cheap. Like, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be the catalyst for any spiritual growth. Not that I can think of. <laughs> Unless you finally learn what not to do. I mean, that's, that's growth too. <laughs> Sometimes it's the hard, it's the, you know, the hard way. That's what I'm saying. It's the most difficult path. Mess up completely so that you don't repeat that again. I don't know. Sometimes that's the only way people learn. They're just not prone to seeking guidance or not prone to self-inquiry or contemplation. And it, it, it kind of makes me sad, you know, just to see how simplistic, empty and meaningless that um, people's lives can get from that disconnection and it's like the, i do want to remedy that but i tend to get the people who are already seeking obviously and, um so it's like helping them to the next step for them it's so personal you know and um, i'm just glad that there are beautiful people out there you know who do have good things to say and want to share them and and i'm glad that you form your own community and that you're creating this platform for us to talk about meaningful things that might touch someone you know uh, they might be looking up some random thing and this comes up, you know, here's hoping that just the right person will hear um, your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, if it's, even if it's just on somebody whose life is, well, not immediately changed by this, I mean, that would be kind of cool, but I'm not expect expecting it to happen. You know, like, oh, your podcast like broke open my third eye and all of that. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. But... <laughs> But, you know, even if it's just the catalyst for them to, to go a little deeper, to, you know, to maybe, like, pick one uh, one topic that I discussed on the, the podcast out of the so many guests that I had on and topics that I discussed and just, like, just that one thing resonating with them. And just, hmm, maybe I want to look a bit little deeper into this. It, it can be the smallest I mean, my my catalyst was Vikings on the History Channel. Like the the TV show Vikings, so very 
Hollywood still, but it was just that that feeling, the, the energy of the, the warrior culture and the ferocious shots and things like it. Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because I fully admit that I would not be who I am today without Ronnie James Dio and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you awesome. know, because circles and rings, dragons and kings, it just led me to, okay. So this is like all everything that I'm touched by. So that's a good thing. I lead people to what were the kind of things that touched you when you were like, say, a teenager or a young adult? What was it that was like, yes, that's a, sim- a symbol of what kinds of things can be, you know, guide you to your spiritual path. You know, it, it's, it's different for everybody. And that's what I like to stress. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with what your uh, inspiration is because it can be whatever switches that thing on and it's valid. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah, I look back on, on, you know, other examples. It's like something one person said, oh, I'm reading this book. And, it, and it's just really, and then you glance at that book and it leads you to another, um, you know, uh, road of knowledge. And we, are, we all have so much um, influence in little ways that we don't realize. So tuning that to, you know, what your, like your soul mission statement, as it were. Um, I was yeah. put it's like right here leading me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it can we can have a lot more influence and effect on future generations than we realize. I always let that be a motivator as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, the uh, like the whole Vikings and like Norse pagan, Germanic pagan stuff, um, for me, it gave me a, a base um, from where to you know, go further and look deeper because um, it, is, it is very it is very hidden a lot of the knowledge isn't common knowledge anymore so you uh, you look at Thor and you know you come to all kinds of behavioral patterns and I you know I recognize a lot in myself I really used to be the kind of guy who just you know, hits first and asks questions later um, <laughs> if at all um, so you know you recognize things in yourself and you're like oh Wow. Okay. So on the one hand, that means that I I do have a spark of the divine in me, but also that even the gods are not perfect. Exactly. Yes. So that leads me to the archetypes and archetypal embodiment workshops I do. It's all about upgrading your archetypes, right? Because you put a word on it, you were you know ready to be a fighter, but you hadn't turned it into a sacred warrior. So we have these archetypes and we need to upgrade them. For example, if I weren't owning the mystic, I would probably have to be some sort of addict because I love altered states and I love <laughs> spirit. But, uh, you know, it's following. We have these proclivities. And when we do these archetypal embodiment workshops, these other forces can help us upgrade this expression into a more divine expression. And it's, it's hard to explain, but I love how you said the gods aren't perfect because like when I'm, I did a seriously out there workshop where we reconciled Athena and Medusa, mostly for women because of oh, wow. the whole victim blaming and internalized, you know, like sister wounds and, you know, all that stuff. And we went deep because, you know, Medusa, she can carry the venom of the wronged one. She can help transmute that to the protection and the uh, strength, hardness, if necessary, the, yeah. uh, you know, whatever needed. Athena, yes, she's a goddess of wisdom and, and war, but she can, she also can, she offered the olive branch to Medusa. She comes, so there's bright-eyed Athena and then there's Athena who's blinded by influence, whether it's like she's a, talking about the boys club, you know, she's forcing the stupid rules on this woman. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but at the same time, then she 
comes into her wisdom aspect, you know, and then and she can um, show you what you want to be a warrior for, you know, instead of just blindly fighting. What are you really going to be a warrior for? So it's like all about upgrading the energies we tend to carry. That was my whole big point. That those energies, they have their toxic or dormant kind of state, and they have a state where they're developing. And then they're a state where it's like, okay, yes, this is the best that I can do with this energy. You know, and it's, it takes a while sometimes, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, because we all have reasons to be angry and stuff like that. But if we can put it towards something that more meaningful, then you're at least a little bit ahead of the fray. You know, compassion, yeah. self-compassion and compassion to all of us. Because we have to go on this path and climb this mountain. You know, we can't just escape it or Netflix it away. It's not going away. <laughs> Netflix it away. I like that one. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, but it's, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, numb yourself with TV and it'll all go away. Right. Unfortunately, not, not how it works. Nope. So again, it is about having compassion with yourself. Like if you do fall off the path, as it were, um, you know, just get back on with your intention, you know, because there's nothing wrong with having a day of net. It's not what I'm saying. It's just, <laughs> are you still attending to your inner realm? How is your inner peace? What is your relationship in your self-talk? These are just like the kind of questions that invite the inquiry to see where you're at with your archetypal energies, as it were, you know. Yeah. And a lot of, with that comes a lot of transmuting, a lot of inner, inner alchemy. Um, yeah, as you as you said before, like so many people just are like living out there and are being all love and light and d d darkness. What darkness doesn't exist? Uh, does doesn't exist? We don't talk. Doesn't work for long. I mean, I tried it. I, I mean, in my twenties, I was totally guilty of spiritual bypass. Until one day, it all came rushing forth. All the past church trauma and everything. I had to <laughs> that mountain. You know, it's not going to be yoga the way. You know, not to go in and we're yeah. not encouraged to do that and it's not supposed to be easy we're not supposed to be happy 100 percent of the time you know contrary to what we're told <laughs> you know yeah you know, no you know, i'm, I'm definitely in, but yeah yeah well, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that myself like i even though i'm only 31 i have had quite the life already i have <laughs> had a lot of a lot of struggles um so you know, one day I just decided, like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just not gonna pay attention to them. I'm gonna just focus on love and light and all my, all my problems. Nah, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, I believe that's that's how uh, the new age thinks it works. If uh, if I don't pay attention to it, if I don't pay any energy to it, it doesn't exist. It'll go away until you know, as you have experienced as well, it all comes rushing back and hits you twice as hard because it's been saving up right and you know it just um it just kind of becomes toxic we don't we don't honor our authenticity like there's nothing wrong with i mean it's good to have a, an optimistic view of the possibilities and everything but you know it becomes very toxic when there's almost like this well you brought that on yourself because you weren't positive enough underlying theme there it's like come on no and that's part of that um you know perfectionism where um that's that the toxic thread in many spiritual practices and i you know i love so many new age things it's it's part of what i'm doing but the way it's presented is so incomplete you know and if you don't and i'm all about mixing methods a lot of people aren't but the one drawback to mixing methods is if you don't take any of them deep enough to get to the deeper healing that's the only drawback to that you know and ideally you can have um to find that right teacher find that right thing to help you go deeply you know and it's um it's really something that it, 
is a big void in our society because um, sometimes therapy or talk therapy is not what's required. Sometimes we don't need to get caught up in the story. Sometimes we just have to move that raw energy. A lot of it is stuck in our body. I have so many like 800 page conversations here. Really, It's all about owning the reality of things and that authenticity. And it's a yeah. challenge. It's, it's really rare to find that in um, like therapists and psychologists and whatever they rather just you know lay you down on, on the sofa and be like so tell me you no know? and how does that make you feel let's begin with your mother <laughs> oh god oh, going, go, going down the freudian ends like i'd rather oh. your... <laughs> and what was your connection with your mother like hi everyone this is jj the co-founder of good pods if you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Uh, no, I was, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, to find a therapist who, uh, incorporates a lot of dramatic practices into her, right. uh, her therapy. And she, oh, she always manages to catch me and, and I'm, you know, I, I consider myself to be quite intelligent. I, I can give the, like all the right answers. That's how I fool a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists back in my teens you know just tell them what they want to hear and they'll leave you alone it worked <laughs> i mean fortunately unfortunately it worked like fortunately it works because you know i didn't want to be there anyway unfortunately it works because i wasn't being helped she catches me every day. it's like okay i know you're smart i know that's the right answer that's not what i want to hear yeah it's fortunate though to have that you know it's like having a zen master with a stick you know, it's like he just he beat you with the stick. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. he just called me on my BS. Yeah, it's, it's valuable, you know, it really is, especially if it's done in the best spirit. Yeah, no, I can. It's been a while since I uh, since I had a session with her and a lot of things happened in the meantime. And trying to get my head straight, um, which she might be able to help with. So it's kind of contradictory. But um, like I. I honestly believe that in the, I want to say like a year and a half, two years that I have uh, been in therapy with her on a consistent basis, she has helped me so much more and realize so much more in myself than any of those psychologists or pill pushers back in my teenage years. It is really a gift. Because some certain types of trauma, talk therapy will re-traumatize you as well. <laughs> Sometimes you need something different. Know, um, it's like this, this like striking a balance between not denying everything that happened to you and, and saying, okay, yes, perhaps I was victimized by X, and then not living as a victim or not making that your identity. You know, it's like this, this balance, you know, where it's like, you know, I honor what happened for whatever reason. And how do you make use of some of the experiences you've had? You know, some of them are really hard because you have an answer for them. Some of them can inspire you to help others or, you know, fill in the blank and a good, I just love the self-exploration, you know, and a lot of therapists and psychologists, they don't really do that. Like you said, pill pushers, it's like, that's not the first resort. You know, it's like, let's try to get to the root of it. At least let's try to get 
<laughs> not that they may not help someone. I'm just saying it can't be the first resort, you know, like it often is. Yeah. Because they want to go out of there and get the next paying patient or something that's helpful sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's really about that, that inner journey, like, um, you know, not re-traumatizing yourself by having to like narrate like bit by bit every detail of what happened in order to to have it be like some kind of exposure therapy or something that you know if i talk about it long enough and often enough then eventually i'll become numb to it or whatever but um like what my therapist has me doing is just go through those those layers like those energetic layers in myself like we'll we'll get hold of this one thing this one energy this one feeling okay what's underneath that okay that's that so where's that coming from that's coming from there okay so what's underneath that and it's, i hate every moment of it because you know you're i'm like pretty much forced well not really forced but uh to go like really in depth in myself but you know as i said it, it has helped me grow so much and you know it makes me wonder like why why isn't it incorporated more i mean i know it's not for for everyone but psychology and spirituality you know should be closer together than it is I, yeah i do weave depth psychology into what i do you know in my own way because that's what got me to spirituality also on another thread you know was trying to figure things out um you know make things better and i i do know that there are certain people who talk therapy it's like if they've never talked about it talking about it once is helpful but the continue like that's the having that be the only way is where um i see a problem and then i also see how they think the same modalities are going to work for everyone i i have noticed that certain healing modalities will resonate differently for, you know like some people really do benefit more from stillness meditation and some people benefit more from some sort of movement meditation, you know and it's just like respecting how different we are yes it requires finding out what you know what's on what lights you up and what are these beliefs that you're carrying that maybe you never questioned do you really think that or not you know so i'm all about going deep and i know that sometimes healing it's not painless <laughs> but there's a difference between getting somewhere and not i've noticed like you know with certain i had like some counseling and stuff too teenagers and i felt like we were just going around in circles and stirring it up and it never went anywhere and so i'm all about incorporating you know as much spiritual knowledge as possible in the healing process and mixing modalities there as well i like to mix things in the top get personal for each person <laughs> yeah well that's that's how it how it should be too many people think that you know there is this one thing this this one practice you have to take this step this step this step this step to get there and then oh they try it they fail or it just doesn't work like they they've been told it works and they get mad like they get mad at themselves because damn it this should be working because this is the way <laughs> yeah the way i mean that it can be something as simple as like for example personally speaking there's this phase breakfast is the most important meal of the day right and i eat wake up and eat, I don't feel good. I got to be up for a while before I eat. And mm. that is my truth, you know? Um, and it's the same kind of thing. You should like wake up at this time, go to bed. We're all different in that arena as well. There's a certain way where we can all benefit a little bit better by actually listening to our bodies, you know? And just some, certain things aren't true for everyone. And 
that's like a big picture truth that infiltrates healing and spirituality and all sorts of other, um, you know, self-improvement or self-care, as it were, practices. You know, we're yeah. all it's finding out what your unique mandala of energy needs. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's it's coming too dogmatic. You know, exactly. this... trying to fit into a mold that's never going to fit. No, and um, I mean. That's, that's where you get rebellious teenagers because they're just gonna kind of kick them all and be like, "Hell no, this is this is not for me." You know, right. Rebellious teenagers grow up to be, uh, you know, tarot readers, past life readers, or <laughs> Bible leaders. And... Man, you just read me. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's like the you could say like the outcasts of society, the ones that don't fit in. In any mold, really, that um, will uh, experience the most spiritual growth. Because, I mean, I guess the, you're kind of forced to find your own way. Because no, or is go this... insane. Or go insane. Like, if I hadn't met my mentor, and like I got to work in a witchy herb shop, and I started learning all about oils, she bought me my first tarot deck. Like, she literally saved my life. Like, if I tell her that, she gets all uncomfortable. But it's still true. <laughs> <laughs> um, showed me, okay, there are extra like me. I couldn't do the church. Jesus seems cool. Sure. All this other stuff, it's just so harmful. And there's other factors like that, you know, in people's lives where you are like, you need a healthy dose of it. That's sacred. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that I'm where it's required for to be as real and to have your gifts available. And yeah, being an outcast, it's um, you have to get to where you really truly can't care what people just really can't because there's always going to be someone with a different opinion you know and all you can do is be true really true to your soul that's the uncovering required to find out what is that soul wanting you know what is that energy that wants to move through me protect everything and that's like everything that that we've talked about really leads back to finding that essence you know and what inspires you what brings it on what brings it forward and how can you um, just by being yourself with that will inspire it's inevitable so owning your spark that's it. Yeah. Don't be the next you know, the next thing. Be just the first you. I think that's you know, it's kind of cheesy, but you know <laughs> it's, it's true. Like everyone's always yeah. looking to be like the next this or the next that, you know, or if they well, I recently yeah. had a uh, a rock star, actually a genuine rock star on the on the podcast and he wasn't looking to be the next Mick Jagger and his band wasn't looking to be the next, you know, and they were kinda big rock band there is he was like no i'm me what he like me and i'm just gonna be me to the fullest and i love that like that's that's such a it's kind of weird to say but that's such a punk rock attitude just like i'm not gonna be the next one i'm just gonna be this one i'm gonna be me and i'm gonna take it away that is my favorite quality in people is that that they're gonna be themselves no matter what um you know, you don't have to be like destructive about it or anything, you know, either, which that's a common misconception, you know, that's like people must be out to be hurting others to be doing that. It's like, it's like, it's, no, <laughs> it's, it's not about that at all. In fact, eventually will help and inspire them, no matter how many dissenters, you know, inevitably show up when someone is shining their true light. But that is my favorite quality. It's like so just unapologetically being yourself when it's truly aligned, you know. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Just and um, like I, I noticed with um, like with the podcast, for example, like this is really a passion project of mine. But there's always this this one group of people, like a couple dedicated 
followers and tribal members who, uh, you know, who watch the podcast, who listen to the podcast, who reads my, uh, my Substack articles. And that's good enough for me. If it's just a small, dedicated group, uh, whom I know of what I do, then, you know, then I, I made it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having that personal idea of what a success is is really important too because we're fed these images of what success is supposed to be and it's like really it has to be what matters to you. It has to be something where you're like, okay, I, I made an, a difference somewhere and that's like so meaningful and so wonderful, you know, and we're thrown off that path. It's like when they're like, oh, here's this celebrity's style for you to talk. It's like that makes me want to puke. It's like, don't you have any self-respect? <laughs> You have this beautiful spirit, this beautiful light that just wants to shine through. And who cares what ex celebrity is doing, really? You know, it's just the it, same with like fashion. It's like if it's art and self expression and makes you feel good, like I love my blue velvet shirt, but I'm not doing it because my other shirt's out of season. I'm not doing it because, oh, I have to be following. And it's like that's another thing that you see people hold themselves back. They think they're too old to do something or they're, they don't have all the right trappings to do what they want and it's it's harmful that's that kind of thing that's just gotta go it's more perfectionism it's yeah just want you see that on the um on the other side as well it's just with the with the youth you know especially like the um, teenage girls for example like i I remember clearly when i was um living with my uh one of my ex-girlfriends in like our first apartment um we came back from grocery shopping and we just saw this this little click of like five high school girls walking in front of us wearing the same jeans wearing the same uggs wearing the same jackets but probably all of them claiming like oh i'm so me i'm so quirky i'm so i'm like i'm such an individual and I'm like, girl, you're dressed the same as your four other girlfriends. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was dressing very strangely, but I, I didn't have any choice in the matter. And like, you know, it's true. I didn't go to prom, but I didn't really want to either. So, you know, there's just like this certain kind of thing where it's like, is being like accepted in a clip fulfilling? Is it really though? You know, there's always like these questions to ask yourself if a teenager is listening, you know, do you really want to fit in or do you really want to find out what you're about? I mean, I got I got two uh, two young kids myself, a daughter of uh, of eight and a, a little boy of five. So now, luckily, having learned a lot of lessons already, I can hopefully properly guide them, even though they really do have a mind of their own. Um, my my son is way too much like me in that regard. <laughs> Stubborn. Yeah overly energetic and really has a, a mind of his own well you always have to introduce him to thor then i guess <laughs> oh they would love each other they would absolutely <laughs> love each other <laughs> yeah and you know being an inspiring guidance for your kids even though they're going to go through this period of ew gross dad no matter what but in the end they'll look back and, and see okay remained a guiding force even when i was doing it you know what you call it the teenagers or whatever mm. aren't Going to do in their exploration you know it's mm. just part of it. but they they remember when they get older and look back you're actually pretty cool and i was an ass or you were a little bit of an ass but i was a big ass one or the other <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no like be, being being a parent or becoming becoming a parent like over the years it it's helping you respect for my own parents as well you know seeing a lot of things in in my daughter and in my son that um that are quite confronting and sometimes you know reacting in such a way that that my father would have done for example and i just you know be sitting there like 
turning into my dad. <laughs> oh God, I get him now. I get why he did that. <laughs> yeah, you know, or sometimes it's all about taking things that we've gone through and, and find out, okay, it's like I can teach them. I mean, they can teach me what not to do or they can show me what to do, but there's always guidance. That's always like guidance available. And hopefully you'll have the kind that shows you what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's weird. Like how, how that works. Like it, it's truly, it's ancestral. It's, uh, you know, passed down from, from the generations. Cause if I, if I look at my father and look at, you know, at his parents, um, well, before he like, um, had to make some changes because it just, it wasn't working like that's, that's how he did it. That's, that was his way of, you know, raising his children, like me, my brother and my, uh, my sister, because, you know, your parents is the first example that you have. And like his parents were probably, probably brought up in that way by their parents. And yeah. And, you know, sometimes we have to break cycles. You know, like I did. There are the good parts, and then there's the parts that I just absolutely couldn't bring forward. Like, my son is allowed to be who he is. And, um, you know, it's very challenging because this is <laughs> full disclosure. My son is transgender and was born female. And that is very difficult for everybody to accept. And I understand it. I get it. And, um, you know, he picked me, I think, to be his parent on some level because I'm know part of that and just being real with him we talk it's like you know it's weird as fuck yeah oh sorry you know it's it's it is but that doesn't okay. mean that you don't respect the soul's journey right because and i fully respect it, you know and so it's it can get so challenging when it involves other people's ideas of what a parent should be and do and um i definitely broke the cycle of having my child have to fit into a mold even before we knew about this even when we're talking about you know ways of being and behaving some of them are guidance and some are toxic and that's what you have to sift through when you're a parent you know or following anyone's you know advice or help some of it is beautiful advice and then some of it is like you have to ask yourself if you agree with it or not you know so it, it can be you have to have a, a bigger vision sometimes about yeah. where these fit in the big thing that I want this soul I love to be happy yeah like breaking generational cycles and healing generational trauma it's it's the hardest thing you'll you'll ever do but um you know it's it's a challenge that I kind of took upon myself too you know I I looked at my my parents I looked at my um you know my family and I was like you know you're my family I love you but y'all need some healing and <laughs> You know, maybe for them it's it's a little late. So you know, let's just at least make sure that you know that I'm not going to be you know like that. That you know the mistakes that they made. Honestly, it is it is generational. It is ancestral. I very much noticed that because I tend to uh, or had a a tendency to like kind of fall into the the same traps. But luckily, I you know I did realize it and managed to get out. Now dealing with the aftermath, which is also quite unpleasant at times Sometimes um, it is nice to pay yeah but you know just the the thought of like, at least my children that, that i'm doing my best at my children my my daughter my son like mini me basically mm -hmm. doesn't have to go through that that's what i'm doing it for like my my children and hopefully someday their children i mean i'm 
31 years old. Let's, you know, let's be a grandfather. I mean, I, I enjoy being a father. Let's do that first. From there, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Kudos to you for even just having that right there. That is a big thing. You know, I'm going to do a little better for my children. That alone. And one of the most important and valuable things that I was told was not that long ago, sadly, because, um, you know, I was still, no matter how old you get, you still kind of want to be accepted by your parents for who you are. You know, and, and it's like I said to this person who's counseling me, I'm like, you know, I just want her to see, you know, and do something a little bit different, you know, for being a little more enlightened. She said, that's not her work to do in the world. It's yours. Snap. And, you know, it made sense because, like, you know, she's a lot older. It's already a thing wherever she is or isn't. I can't be concerned with that. Really, I just can't. It's not. You have to have your boundaries, you know, and it's like, um, okay. I actually needed to hear that. You know, it's it's not her work to break the cycle. It's mine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Like, at first, it's like, oh, that too? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like I'm, I'm doing so much already. I'm trying so much already. Okay, fine. That's that mountain we all have to. That mountain we don't get out of. Whatever it is, it's different for everybody. But if we were to just like helicopter to the top of the mountain, we wouldn't gain the strength and the spiritual knowledge that the journey. Not to be cliche, you know, it's the journey. <laughs> but it's. Not the <laughs> no, it's I mean, it's far. it's true. It's it's cliche because it's true. So. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's that hardship along the way, which, which helps us grow. You know, it's maybe another cliche, but, you know, make it, it makes you or breaks you. And if it breaks you, then, you know, try and pick up the pieces and back together as, as best you can and go from there. There's the Japanese saying, well, a word called kintsuge, where the vase is broken, a valuable vase is broken, they'll paint it back uh, with it's more beautiful than it was before. So that's like you you read my mind. I was seriously just thinking about it. I didn't I didn't know the name, but that was the exact example I had in mind. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. no, that's that, that's that's a perfect perfect example. You know, it's because it's broken and fixed, it's even more beautiful now. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's hard for us to grasp sometimes. It's not like we're gonna say, Oh yay, I have a fun challenge. You know, but it's like <laughs> at least in hindsight being able to materials of that were your challenge yeah forge a new mentality that's better if you wouldn't have them and you can't fake it and say oh well i appreciate everything you kind of have to get there beyond an intellectual you know, the embodiment appreciation it's like wow i truly wouldn't be who i am in all the best ways without some of these bad things and it's like that's acceptance you know and it's a hard word because when you think acceptance you think condoning or being okay with something and it's not it's just more like you see what you're working with and you work with that rather than fantasizing about going back in time and changing x or whatever uh that wastes your energy you got to bring it here see what exactly what you're working with and like that radical self-acceptance is another piece like just if you have that in your pocket or at least the intention and accept you know it makes you more accepting of other darkness journeys and challenges as well you know yeah. it's you know, we're all little flawsome humans you know doing the best we can compassion you know yeah that's that's very true you know i i definitely do not agree with some of the things that have happened but you know did i did come stronger uh stronger out of it it, it did make me you know who i am and indeed more more understanding of others hardships as well like certain things could i have prevented it from happening yeah for sure i mean sometimes i'm too stubborn you know, she's like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be, I know what I'm doing. 
I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, you know, it blows back in my face and I have to deal with it. And in the end, I'm like, well, the whole situation then sucked, but you know, I fixed it and came out stronger on the other end, so I guess. Yeah, that's, you know, some situations are harder to weave that in than others. You know, I acknowledge that, you know, with people. But yeah. it's like, in the end, at least having that intention, we will be more empowered. Because there's so many factions that will disempower us. So you have to eventually come to that with yourself, that self-inquiry. It's like, okay, and I'm learning from this, and I'm learning from that. And you'll see where certain flaws that you have actually have virtue, and then the virtues can be the flaws. Like, like you use the word stubborn, right? That can be, you know, turn, that can be a virtue sometimes because you might have a conviction or you might have confidence about something when required. They can also be like, okay, maybe you need to look at this a different way. You know, something like that. You know, being gentle with ourselves with these areas of, you know, our flaws, like turning it into a better quality because it's not so, it's again, uh, both and rather than put it to the better use, make use of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's the biggest challenge of all. Like, see what the qualities are. See how how you can use them. And honoring the for the better, yeah, yeah. It's not right away, and sometimes enlightenment can be like a thing of lightning. Wow, I'm, yeah. I'm totally seeing that in a new way. And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, like you take two steps forward and then another step back, and two, you know. And that's just like where we tend to start to feel shame on on the healing path. And it's like, no, that's how it's supposed to be. That's why honoring where you're at and being like, you know, you're fully exactly as you're supposed to be on some level, you know, regarding this, it's like the journey that you're supposed to do. So like. I'm telling your listeners, don't be mean to yourself. You know, it's like be kind in yourself. Have a better relationship with the unseen that's in your inner realm because of what you're working with, and that's what's going to shine out in the end. I've spoken. <laughs> and I think on that great piece of advice, that's uh, it's a beautiful way to uh, to end this. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's uh, it's been awesome. It's been it's been a really really good talk. We really went all over the place, but it we was really did. Really great. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about, you know, things that matter to me. Of course, of course. I wouldn't invite you if I uh, if I didn't think you had uh, a story to tell and wisdom to share. So, uh, is there anything that you want to plug, anything that you want to promote, anything big that you're currently working on that the people should know of? Well, I'm not doing anything that's uh, not local to Pittsburgh right now, or I'm having um, a tape or Stephanie workshop, if you are in Pittsburgh, you know, but I also have online readings available and online personalized workshops. You know, I do tarot and past life readings, 35 years experience. I go deeper. I offer empowerment. You know, I don't just say, oh yeah, right. You are messed up. Good luck. I create personalized flower essences and um, essential oils for people who like to use them in their energy work. Based on a reading, all personalized. So, you know, it's all on my link tree, all those different things. So I would love to meet some of you. That would be nice. We'll delve deep. Yes, yes. Awesome. I have your link tree and your website in the description below. I always make sure to... uh, Put some of them in the yeah. description box below. So yeah, this is this has been another great episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. I thank you all for watching. I thank you all for listening. Um, you can find everything we do with the Greyhorn Pagans and on Greyhorn Pod, Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Helpful sometimes um, on our website www.greyhornpagans.com. Um, 
don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment uh, on the audio platforms. Uh, Five-star rating goes a long way. Um, you know, this is the internet. We have to deal with algorithms and all, and you know, the, the shilling, it helps, apparently. So, um, yeah, thank you all so much. Nikki, thank you. Please do check out her, uh, her link tree, her website. And, yeah, until next time. Bye-bye.